is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Little roller up along first, behind the back, it gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. See you, Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Tuned into Game On with Josh Silverberg and Eric Bowe. Game On! Talking all things sports. It's, it's Game On! Yeah, Game On! Game On! Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ooh, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Happy Friday to all of you. This is Josh Silverberg joining you every single Friday. Usually from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Game On. You can check us out on WorldWideSportsRadio.com. We are on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, YouTube, Periscope, Spotify, Podbean. You can play any on the smart speaker, Apple Podcasts. We are all over the place and so much more. But Eric Bowe is not here tonight, uh, his son is feeling a little wetter, so he's taking care of that. Understandably, self family comes first, but he made an announcement before he is joining me live tonight. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, good old Speedy Petey. How are you, sir? Well, I'm not Eric Bo. I'm, I'm serving as Eric Bo's stunt double for today with uh, hair that's a lot longer and uh, a voice that's a little different, but... Well- I will still seek the uh, same qualities as a Giants fan. Oh, listen, I will say this. It is always nice to have Speedy back on the show because, again, I always fill in sometimes for the weekend crunch and everything like that. So Speedy's filling in on Game On. And we've had a couple of shows where he is filled in in the past, and we have a lot, a lot to get into. We're going to get to Championship Sunday between, of course, the Kansas State Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, winner of that game. We'll face the winner of the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers. So we will get into that in a little bit. We will also be getting into the MLB Hall of Fame. Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Todd Helton. Has it become, as I've said in the past, just the Hall of Good? Or are these guys legitimate Hall of Fame players? It's the Hall of Stubbornness. Uh, MLB writers hate everybody. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, listen, we know that Jeff Kent is the prime example of somebody that is not well-received or liked or anything like that. So we'll get to the MLB Hall of Fame. We'll get to the NFL coaching carousel in just a minute. And then, of course, all the stuff we're going to get into the Royal Rumble. But more importantly, we are going to get into the... I can't even sugarcoat it, and I'm not even going to try to word around the stuff that has been talked about in the last 48 hours. Um, The stuff that's going on with Vince McMahon and the uh, now the sexual... Uh, trafficking lawsuit that is against him, and the text messages have come out publicly all over the place. I am not even going to try to reword these text messages, and I'm not even joking. And I guess I'll start with that in the leadoff spot. I'm not even joking with what it is. It's quite disturbing, and if I told Speedy what some of these messages were, I told Speedy, like, a situation that happened in one of these text messages, and he was... 
I mean, he was grossed out by it, and it was it was disgusting, and it's nasty, and it's vile, and it's just, you know, you think, you understand, this was the patriarch, or his father was, I should say, of the WWE, right? The WWE is a global entity. It is an empire. We know that. It's a billion-dollar industry, and then TKO, of course, bought it. You know, I and I and Alex Slows, when we did off the mat, we would talk about stuff like this with WWE and AEW. We go back and forth. I was not a cheerleader of either side. I would go to, a, well, I watch all wrestling products, and I want all wrestling companies to succeed. But this goes above a wrestling company. This goes to a vile human being, who let's call it like it is has been involved in the steroid trial. Has been involved in the trial with Owen Hart has been in, in many, many lawsuits, has had many situations. I don't know how he's going to get out of this one. Because, the, as they say, the proof is in the pudding. It's there. It's on Twitter. And I'll gladly, if Speedy wants to see the text messages at some point, I'll show him what they say. They're vile. I'm good. <laughs> there, Errol, see, Errol jokes around about things and everything like that. Off the show, take it dub, times double that. That's what these messages are with what Vince McMahon has done. I think what's going to happen is is he's going to have to, obviously, TKO's going to have to kick him out. Um... And then the bigger issue that just came out and, you know, the Royal Rumble, which is one of their big shows. Um, I'm going to read a, a text, uh, a message that just came out a little bit ago. A spokesperson from Slim Jim issued the following statement in regards to the Royal Rumble, which is one of WWE's massive shows for the year. And by the way, it's going to be at Tropicana Field tomorrow, which is going to host around, what, 30,000, 40,000 people. Tomorrow for the show. That's a quadruple their average attendance for their baseball team. Brought, yes, 100%. He, and they say, Slim Jim values integrity and respect in all of our partnerships. Given the recent disturbing allegations against Vince McMahon at, the t- at this time, we've decided to pause our promotional activities with WWE. This decision reflects our commitment to our brand, values, and responsibility to our community. We will continue to monitor the situation and base our future engagements on our values and what's best for our brand. And you've got to remember something. Slim Jim is one of all of pro wrestling's biggest sponsorships. Going back to the days with the macho man Randy Savage doing the, oh, yeah, slap into a Slim Jim, doing all that stuff and everything of that nature. This is a massive, and it's the tape. It's the tape before. It's literally the day before. Um, everything in regards to the pay-per-view. And this is a massive thing for the WWE to have to clean up because all of a sudden now, apparently Brock Lesnar is in some of these text messages as well. Speedy knows who Brock Lesnar is. Yeah, yeah. And there was a reason that came out why he returned to the WWE SummerSlam of 2021. The text message came out, why? And it's so crazy. Somebody posted a picture of of Brock entering the ring for SummerSlam 2021. And now we know after the text message, after the text message, why he was there. This is basically, they have to clean this up. That's the ginormous thing about this whole situation. 
and everything like that. And I apologize. Yes, my dad wanted to be on the show. I apologize. This was as speedy. This was a very last minute thing. Uh, it literally was a very last minute thing. I found out this afternoon. Right, like late afternoon, I found that Eric was not going to be on the show. Like very late afternoon, so it was a matter of <laughs> what. Uh, no, I was just laughing at Snug at your mom going like, "Oh, yeah, so, so you know, no divorce yet." Yeah, well, you know, I mean everything like that. But yes, I apologize. Of course, and speaking of this, I would always ask my father to be on the show first. But this was such a last minute change, um, and everything like that. So, uh, but Eric's going to be on February 9th, so I believe that is the. Before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So my dad could maybe be on that show. Oh, so to enjoy the uh, San Francisco 49ers in there or the his division rival Detroit Lions. Yeah, well, listen, you know. But getting back to the WWE really quickly, and we'll end it with this because I want to get Speedy more involved in the show. It, it is a massive, massive situation that has arised from this whole thing. And basically now it's about cleanup. It's about cleaning up the situation. Um, the Royal Rumble usually at these big shows have – Massive superstores where they sell merchandise. They have, as of this morning, pulled all of the Vince McMahon gear off the shelves. They pulled it. He had four different t-shirts, different things that were there. It's gone. They pulled it off the shelf. It's, I believe, pulled off, if I'm not mistaken, what I heard was it's off the website as well. So, basically, and again, remember, Vince does not run the WWE anymore. It's TKO, who runs also UFC, runs it now. So this is basically a public relations cleanup that they're trying to do the day before their one of their biggest shows. And the same thing happened at World's End with AEW back in December with Chris Jericho when he had the sexual accusations against him too. It seems like lately there's been situations right before a big pay-per-view. This is a problem. Uh, the Royal Rumble next to WrestleMania is the biggest pay-per-view of the year. And Speedy doesn't watch wrestling, but Speedy knows WrestleMania is a massive show. Oh, yeah. The Royal Rumble's next to it. And the the day before the, the pay-per-view is going to air, you have a major sponsorship pull out of the event. That's huge. That's ginormous for any public relations company. Not to mention a global empire like TKO. So they're trying to figure this out, and they got to clean this up and everything like that. And everything. See, and it's so funny. Snug jokes about it, and it, it's funny, right? Like he thinks it's a joke and everything. It's still merchandise that they made that's being pulled off the shelf. So don't sit there and say, like, oh, no, four shirts, what will that do? What it does is it causes basically those that created the merchandise, right? Yeah. All of that stuff, it still goes into basically what sales are. Because the WWE counts every penny that they make. That's what they do. But it's forget the four shirts. This is ginormous for the brand. Who can, uh, the shirts are the shirts. I was just making note of what was done by the WWE to take course of action. They lost a million-dollar sponsorship in Slim Jim. And they're a global... They just had The Rock ring the bell. At, uh, you know, and everything like that. So, to me, it's just... We knew Vince McMahon was a pig before. Like, we knew this. But I think what's so vi- – and again, I, 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 Vince McMahon's character to me has always been gross. But to me, this is – forgive it. This is for any human being. Again, I read a, I read a text to Speedy. This is, this is for any human being. This is past 
forget how he treated women wrestling everything like that you know so and everything like that it it, it, it is it's a crazy situation everything like that. as far as the Royal Rumble goes tomorrow I think it will still be a good show I think this will be a lot of discussion going on they don't know if there's going to be a post uh comp press conference yet Triple H usually does one after a big pay-per-view, he does not know. They do not know if he's going to do one yet. Understandably so, because they're not going to ask him about the pay-per-view, right? They're going to ask him about this whole stuff with Vince McMahon and what TK and what these guys are doing to move forward. Because WrestleMania is literally in two, two and a half months. And the rumor in main event right now is supposed to be Roman Reigns versus The Rock. That's the rumor in main event right now for night two. So I think they're just trying to do damage control here. And I think maybe if you put the rock at WrestleMania, maybe you could kind of take away from the distraction a little bit. I don't know. But I am not a part of the committee. So I don't know. This is this is something that they got to clean up. MLB announced the Hall of Fame. Or as I like to call it, the Hall of Good. It's, it's, it's The Hall of Selective. Uh, <laughs> the Hall of Selective is 100% correct. Now, they came out... Um, we knew Jim Leyland was getting in, right? He was um, put in by the um, senior committee. So I mean, yes. The three guys that got in, Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Todd Helton. Uh, it's interesting, right? Because a lot of people will call Beltre a compiler, but I don't know if he's a compiler. I mean, Beltre had, what, over 400 career home runs? Yeah. I, I, he's one. I'm never going to this longevity. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I think Beltre earned it. Uh, he should have won a championship with Texas. Joe Maurer is an interesting one. I don't know if he should have gotten in on the first ballot, but Joe Maurer did have a consistent career. The problem was he had injuries as a catcher. And by the way, he got in at 76%. Imagine what Buster Posey's going to get in with. Mm-hmm. Buster Posey's going to get in the 90s range. Yeah. 100% he will. I think he's going to be the highest uh, voted catcher in the history of the game, probably. I don't know any other catchers at this point that have got – like I'm looking like Piazza got, what, 80, 83%. I'm looking at other catchers. That got in. I can't go through the whole list. This is crazy. This is so many people on this list. It's everything of that nature. I mean, if Speedy can find one that's higher than 83% as a catcher. I mean, oh, never mind. I'm sorry. Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench got 96%. Okay. So yeah. nobody's going to top yeah, that. Yeah, that's not going to be topped. No. Understandably so. Um, that's So that's why I have this list in front of me. You see? That's why I have it ready to go. But I think Posey will get in the 90s. Um... And then, of course, you had Todd Helton, which that's, that's you know, I mean, Yogi Berra's another I don't know what Yogi Berra's percentage was uh, in the Hall of Fame. I don't know what he got, if you want to find out for that from you, Speedy, what Yogi Berra got going into the Hall of Fame. Like I said, 96% is the highest one. Yogi Berra got 85. 85.6. 85.6, yep. And then John, Josh Gibson, it's not a, oh. He got 100%, but I don't know if they really – I don't know if that's – no. I, I don't know. See, this is what happens when you go off this. But Ty Helton got in. And, Speedy, if you could pull Ty Helton's numbers for me because there is a discussion I'd like to have. And, of course, this is going to offend a lot of Red Sox fans. I'm sorry if it does in advance. David Ortiz got it, right? He got in last year. Uh, and Not to mention, he got in at 77.9%. Fair. Ortiz is a Hall of Famer, would you say? Of course. 100%. 100%. Now, Gary Sheffield should be in the Hall of Fame. 
And people are going to, and then everybody's going to say, oh, well, Sheffield's and then A Rod should get in and Bond should get in and Clement should get in. But no, those guys outright yeah. cheated. I mean, those guys outright cheated along to the role of, they got suspended from Major League Baseball. Gary Sheffield was a douche. <laughs> but Gary Sheffield, do you, do you realize what his career high in a season for strikeouts for him was? His career high in one season. Do you know what it was? Not so. Eighty-three strikeouts. Okay, I was gonna say ninety something. Okay. Can you believe eighty-three strikeouts is his career high for a season in strikeouts? Very feared World Series champion. Now he was on eight different teams, everything like that. But if you're gonna sit there, and again, Snug saying how he treated people, I can't stand it that that's the way we get in. That's such right. b. That's BS. Yeah. So you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me, and I'm going to say it again. Speedy's going to know which player I'm going to say. Who, which player do you think I'm going to Jeff say? Jeff Kent. It, well, I mean, Jeff Kent is one of the greatest second basemen in the history of Major League Baseball. And everything like that. And, and to me, the issue is, Jeff Kent, why? Because he wasn't liked by the media? Are you serious? But you're going to put Ryan, you're going to put Harold Baines in there. But you're not going to put Jeff Kent in the Hall of Fame. You're going to put Ryan Sandberg in there. Another one that got me was Chase Utley should go in. Are you kidding me? Chase Utley? Nope. If if Chase Utley gets in, then David Wright should get in. And David Wright should not get into the Hall of Fame. It's so ridiculous. It's, you know, it's such bull that these... Media people who got their feelings hurt by these guys, but they don't look at the statistics and put the best players in. That is what it's about. When you go there, when you go there, you put the best player in the damn thing. Todd Helton is now on the Hall of Fame, and Jeff Kent is not. Are you are you kidding me? We're going to sit there and we're going to say, oh, well, you know, it's because he was mean to me. He didn't want to answer my questions in the postgame. Bill Belichick was a douchebag. What do you think? Bill Belichick's not going to get into the Hall of Fame because he was an asshole? Excuse my French. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have cursed like that. But it's true. Am I wrong, Speedy? The point of it is when you're voting for the Hall of Fame, it's not about how you were treated. It's about the numbers. And if you, you know, Jeff Kent was never on a steroid report, right? Was never on a Mitchell report. But you look at those numbers. And by the way, Billy Wagner, another one. Billy Wagner missed it. Do you know how many votes Billy Wagner came up short Five. by? Yeah. Four. Oh, it was four? Okay. Four. And next year, he's going to get it next year. Good. It'll be his last year on the ballot. He's going to get it next year. But, I mean, what are we doing here? It's not a popularity contest. Oh, my God. Todd Helton was a nice player. Speed, do you have Todd Helton's career numbers with you? Yeah, no, he had a, definitely a great numbers. 316 career hitter, which is insane. Uh, he, had, uh, he had 1406 RBIs, 369 career home runs, career on base percentage 414, OPS 953, OPS plus 133. Those are great numbers. Yeah, those are great numbers. But do you think Todd Helton should have gotten it on his first try? On his first try, no, I was surprised he did so. That's what I, Todd Houghton could be a Hall of Famer in four or five years. 
And then, of course, you have the Carlos Beltran situation. He's going to get in Beltran, but it's going to take him a while. Right. It will take him a while. But this, I think, was good progress for him getting the amount. Yeah, I mean, look, he's... He, I mean, look, and I agree with what Terry Collins said. Uh, Terry Collins said he's one of the greatest switch-hitting players in the history of Major League Baseball. Would you agree with that? Oh, of course. 100%. It's a matter of this whole thing that's got it, you know what I'm saying... I don't care. I will say this. And it is, and, and Snug's right, it is a popularity contest. It's a BS popularity contest. the Hall contest. of Selective. They that's like what, who yeah. they like. And that's the problem. But you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that Gary Sheffield should not, like David Ortiz got in, but Gary Sheffield shouldn't when they both were reported for steroid usage? Mm-hmm. Why? Because Ortiz treated somebody better. Fine. That's fine. And I think, you know what? I'm glad Ortiz got to over. And then you're going to also, one reporter came out and said, I didn't vote for Sheffield because of his fielding numbers. Edgar Martinez got in as a DH. And even he took a long way, longer than it should have He took. didn't even play. <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to take out Sheffield's number, Edgar Martinez got in as a designated hitter. David Ortiz got in as a DH. So to me, it just doesn't make any sense with the way they do this, and it's such it's. And I love going to the base. I love going to Cooperstown, New York. Love the town. Everything about it. Oh God, snug! I can't. I got perfect feeling numbers. I can't. Actually, I don't even know if that's true. They might have tried him out for first base, and he might have sucked at it. So who knows? But That'd I be do worse than Ryan Braun in I, the outfield. Oh well, I, I do love. I do love the town of Cooperstown. It's a great place to go. It really, especially during the summertime. I went. I went when Piazza got inducted. Him and Griffey got inducted. Mm-hmm. I went because growing up, my three play- my three favorite players, all- four. I had four posters in my room. My four favorite players growing up all the time. Mike Piazza, I had a poster of him. Ken Griffey Jr. had a poster of him. Jeff Bagwell and Nomar Garciaparra. Mm-hmm. Those were my four favorite players growing up. Jeff Bagwell did steroids. I'll be the first one to tell you that. You could tell by the way he looks compared to his rookie season. I know that for a fact. <laughs> and it, it sticks because if Bagwell got in with Piazza and Griffey, that's my dream. That would have been my dream Hall of Fame class. Three of my favorite players of all time getting in at once. It would have been awesome. Good. You can go complain to the writers. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If there's ever time travel, you can go complain to the baseball writers. You're going to put them all in in 2016 or whatever. Actually, it's funny. Snug says that I actually did have a little Benny Agbayani poster with the Mets team poster as a kid. So, yes, I did have a Benny Agbayani poster. Not on the ceiling. I wouldn't go that far. No. That was saved for uh, That was saved for a Gardo Alfonso. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But the point be, actually, that was John Olerud. John Olerud is my favorite man of all time. John Olerud is my favorite Met ever. Sucks when he left, but he left because he wanted to go closer to home in Seattle even though the Mets offered him more money. But the point being is this. It's become, as Speedy said, the whole of Selective. And this is just, it's so, but now you're starting to wonder what some of these old Hall of Fame writers that are kind of weeding themselves out and everything of that nature. You're starting to see a younger generation now and it feels like you're almost starting to see more of the younger generation vote for the guys that were on the steroid list and everything like that. They yeah, kind of have this a is push. inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like they're kind of t- pushing out the old hags, as they say, the old school guys, and they're, and the new schools coming in to say, you know what? Because we didn't work with these players, we didn't work with them, right. so we don't have a relationship with them. So we're going to judge it on numbers. 
That's what we're going to do. Actual data. Yeah. I mean, this is how I think it's going to go going forward, and I think this is the right way. Um, It should go speedy. What were your thoughts on this? Were you shocked by any of it? Were you surprised? I mean, I was a little surprised Helton got in on the first Yeah, try. I don't think any of them were undeserving of the Hall of Fame. No, and I'm not saying Helton didn't deserve I, it. I just don't yeah. think he should have gotten in on the first yeah, try. I, yeah, the process of the comparison is, is a lot harder to judge with the baseball more than anything because they have their play relationships and media relationships, and that's what makes it very difficult. I think... All the steroid guys are going to be in that same boat until the younger writers are going to come in. It's going to suck because they're going to run out of eligibility. So nobody, none of them are going to get in. And really quickly, by the way, Frankie said induct A-Rod. The problem with why A-Rod's not going to get inducted is he tried to sue the sport. Yeah. So he will never get in. Yeah. And the, the other problem, like he has the hardest case too because he also got caught three different times. Yeah, he got caught three different times on three different appearances and he denied it every single time. But then it came out true. And he admitted that he did it. He admitted it. And then he tried to sue the sport, so that's why he he will never get in. No, and that's a th- he just he won't. It's listen, Bonds. Bonds just went away and left, and you didn't hear from him. I mean, Bonds could maybe get into the committee. I don't know, but the you would but, hope like at the time, like if that senior committee process rule takes in later. I, I don't. They might change the rules by then. They like, should because Harold Baines freaking got I in. I mean, yeah. fr- I mean, I think Fred McGriff should get in too. No, I like McGriff. I, I always thought he was overdue for a while. I, again, a lot of the recent uh, inductees, I've been fine with them actually getting in. It's just a matter of who didn't get in, and that's the main problem. And hopefully, maybe if there is a younger, eventual, like maybe head of the Baseball Hall of Fame, whoever's running the actual Hall of Fame. Then you might employ more younger writers who have more data-driven, analytic minds that could be able to think that, all right, these guys should get in. What would their numbers have been even if they did do steroids? Because a lot of those guys still would be Hall of Famers. Yeah, you could take away maybe 150, 200 home runs in their career or something like that if that's well, the sample you want to judge. Like, so, I mean, we, we, we spoke about it earlier. I don't know if Frankie was here for it. We spoke about David Ortiz at length about everything like that. Um we spoke about it, but again, he got in because of how he treated the media and everything like that. Manny Ramirez did not get in. Just want no, to make Manny it. Ramirez got less than A Rod. He got yeah, he got less than A Rod did, and he got eliminated on the first ballot, mm. on the first shot. So and everything like that. You know, we know he did steroids. Everybody knows he did steroids. It's he treated the media right. Yeah, there's a difference though. A Rod, like it was on a report for Ortiz. Um. And every day, up oh, there goes Snug and Frankie. Now they're fighting. This is good. Snug, he's the only Yankee fan that's involved in the show. I right know. Now. It, it's so funny. Because, right, because the Yankee the tr- fan on this show is not here. Because it's funny, because here's the thing Ortiz was on steroids. But the thing was, he didn't get caught when he was playing the sport. A Rod got caught three different times, and then he tried to sue Major League Baseball. See, that's always been the question Is Andy Pettit a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it, he's a fringe because he is as clutch as he was. His career numbers in the regular season, and again, and it's going to sound horrible. If Andy Pettit gets in, then and again, perception as well. But here's the thing: Andy Pettit didn't he lie on Capitol Hill that he didn't do steroids? Was he? In, he was one of the guys. That was on Capitol Hill. Right, which, again, that's going to go towards the argument of once there's a younger guy that is the head of the Hall but of then Fame. If he gets in, but, again, then if he gets in, and I hate this guy as much as the next person, and we all hate this guy, then that means Kurt Schilling should get in. I think, yeah, I think he depends on d- depends on how much you're going to get with the And, by the way, Frankie just – And, by the way, uh, 
Frankie, Snug is not a Met fan. He's a Red Sox fan. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're going to make fun of Snug, at least you got to get Yeah, Kurt, Kurt Schilling's argument is completely independent from all the steroid things. I think that's just more of how much they're going to judge, like, off-field issues as being a big, big key to that. Because, obviously, he didn't do anything to harm a person, but all the hateful comments are just bad. And, like, it's his standpoint. Again, it's... I don't know why you're sorry that Snug's a Red Sox fan. They've had more success in the last 20 years than as, any, as, any, as much as any franchise in baseball. Yeah, yeah, four, yeah, four championships. And and and, and by the way, when you look at the numbers and you look at the and I've compared and I have them here, Schilling had better career numbers than Pettit did. No, I know. No, Schilling's argument's completely different. I think independent from from all the steroid guys, but if I mean, look, enough... I I I don't think this is the problem. If you're just gonna base it off of, of playoff performance, then there's a lot of guys that should get in, right? Then that's the thing. But we can't we can't do that. I don't. I think Pettit is a fringe. I think he's close. I don't think he's all the way there. Did he get off the ballot, Pettit? Or is he still on the ballot? I'm or not no? sure. I would, I, I would imagine it's close if he's not officially off yet. Because he retired. He retired in 2013. You know, but and it's so. You know, it's just like I don't know. If, I don't know if Pettit is a Hall of Famer. I've always had this. I I'm always on the side of yes. And no, I get mixed. Yes, because he was such a clutch performer. He was huge with certain things. But then I also say no because of the stuff that happened on Capitol Hill and then the other issues that have gone on and everything like that with the steroids and everything being, so, you know, you know, and, every, and everything like that. You know, to me, it's, it, it, to me, you know, the, and the other, you know, the other thing too was, was Andy Pettit ever the best pitcher in this rotation? On his team. Was he ever the best pitcher on his team in his rotation? Was he? I, yeah, probably not. No, I, I don't I don't think he was. I don't you remember, like, Cle- the early... You, you had Clemens. You can make the case. Wells was just as good as he was. Well, yeah, Musina. Musina was there. Musina was... Musina, Clemens, Wells. Clemens was better than him twice on two different teams, the Yankees and the Astros. Hmm. So to me, it's um, to to me. I think, and by the way, Andy Pettit is not known for the snow game. He's known for his playoff performance. The snow game was a nice little thing that he did, but he's not known for the snow game um, and everything like that. So everything of that nature. But uh, he's only halfway through his eligibility. Uh, this is the fifth year he had on the ballot. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. I I just don't think, and again, the whole thing with Capitol Hill happened with him and Clemens and McGuire and Palmero and Sosa and all those guys were up there and a lot of them lied about it and everything of that nature and, 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 and everything like that. It's, I don't know because again, he was never the ace. You know? He was never the best pitcher on his team. That's another thing you have to look at. Like Messina was the best pitcher on the Yankees for a certain point, and the Orioles too. Clemens was the best pitcher on the Yankees. That the facts are the facts. It is what it is. Pettit was a great pitcher. He was a clutch performer. But it's like that's the other thing too. Is like was Kurt Schilling ever the best pitcher on his team? Yes. Yeah. He was on the Red Sox. He, he was. He was the best pitcher on the Red Sox. He, he, and he was. He wasn't as good as Randy Johnson on Arizona. And I. Everybody hates Kurt Schilling. We all hate Kurt Schilling. Right. Is it, that's again what I was saying before. Like, the, if the younger voters, like, if Kurt Schilling doesn't say anything else stupid, 
for the next 10 years, maybe he can get one of those votes with younger voters that might forget about the yeah. whole thing. And also, when Pettit was back with Yankees, CC Sabathia was the best pitcher on – CC Sabathia was the best pitcher right. on that team too. So it's he was never the best – and everything like that. <laughs> Frankie mentioned Oh, my Shin God. Mangle. I can't. <laughs> I can't. And then, no, then he writes fake bloody sock. Oh, brother. And then also, Schilling was the best pitcher on the Phillies. That's why he's never going to get in. Yes, we know that. But let's move on. Doc Rivers, back in the NBA. So, oh, so soon? So then who goes back with uh, Breen on ESPN then? Is it going to? Oh, God. What do they do now? I don't know. They lost Van Gundy and they lost Jackson. Now what do you do? Maybe they'll just do all the players broadcasting. Like you know TNT who they should bring back? P.J. Carlissimo should be on the main broadcast. I like P.J. Carlissimo, actually. He's knowledgeable because he's done the NBA for years upon years upon years. Many decades. And he had success when he was back in Brooklyn. Do you remember that? When he was broadcasting or coaching? No, when he was coaching. Yeah. He had success and they got rid of him because they didn't, you know. Classic. Deron Williams. Nets. You know. You know what I'm saying? It's the Nets. Do we expect anything less? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it is what it is, right? So, to me... Um, no, to me, it would be. I'm just trying to think of a guy that could come in and replace that. But again, I think Doc signed a three year was it three year deal, and he's getting what forty million dollars. <laughs> just, just suspend Draymond Green again, and then have him broadcast. I just don't understand this. Why every team that's in a coaching has a coaching problem? They think Doc Rivers is going to come in and be the solution. But he never is. Unfortunately, that's the mark of just there's not a lot of good coaches. But he never – he's I never didn't say he been. I'm just Speedy. saying that's why. The Clippers, he wasn't. It was horrible. The Sixers, they couldn't stand him. And now he's in – am I missing another spot? Milwaukee now. Boston, it lost its, it lost its luster. The only reason why they wanted Boston was because they had our – they should have won more. With those guys, with Garnett, Pierce, and Allen. They should have won more than one championship. Am I wrong? No. They should have won at least three. The Clippers should have won one, definitely. The they should have, are another They story, should but. have won at least three championships. Three of them. And not to mention, not to mention, Rajon Rondo over-exceeded the expectations being that fourth guy on that team. Mm-hmm. Great playoff performer. Great playoff performer. And then you had Perkins also was huge. And when Perkins got hurt, it was a huge loss for them. They didn't know how to handle it. Oh, yeah. Back when Perkins was an actually decent basketball player before he started running his mouth. I mean, it's so ridiculous that they won one championship with those three guys. Those three guys. And it's unbelievable that teams keep crawling back to this guy. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't been to a final since he left Boston. He hasn't been to a conference finals. They blew a 3-1 lead with the Clippers against the Rockets. Like and, who did he have, and, and who did he have on the Clippers as the head coach? Who were the guys that he had? Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, one of my favorite players on those terrible nickname teams, Jamal Crawford. And then who did, and then and then when he went to Philadelphia, who did he have? He had Embiid, he had Harden, right? He had all these No, he didn't well, oh, he, he had, had Harden later, yeah. Harden later, and he had Embiid, and he had all these guys, and yeah. he didn't do anything. And now here's Milwaukee because Giannis didn't believe in the head coach. I mean, understandably so. I mean, if you saw there was a picture that came out last week of Giannis drawing up a play for himself <laughs> on the bench, not even talking to, what was his name, AJ? Uh, Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin. But, you know, you, you look at this, I, I, it just does Doc Rivers does it. He is a recycled coach. He is a recycled coach. He doesn't win anything. He doesn't do anything. He's done nothing. He's an he's an underachiever with an overrated name. That's what he is. Is that is that the best way to put? 
Is that not the best way to put it? An underachiever with an overrated name. Here, you want this analogy? I, let's see if you like this one. He's the Buck Showalter of the NBA. Oh, beautiful. Perfect. Okay. That's perfect. <laughs> that is as perfect as it gets. Because the truth of the matter is, is this. Doc Rivers is not going to solve the issues with Milwaukee. Milwaukee's still 30-13. and 13. They're a great team. Do I think they're as good as Boston? Depth-wise, no. No. I don't. Do I think they're as good as Philadelphia? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, those two are interchangeable, I think. Do I think... They actually have better defense this year. Now, let me ask you this. When Miami gets to the playoffs, are they as good as Miami? Well, they own... Miami owns them head-to-head. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the bigger issue. And then now the question remains... But the Knicks, since they got Ananobi, mm-hmm. and reports Robinson's coming back later in the year, is there depth? Because you could put Ananobi on Giannis, and then you kind of can make it interesting, right? If the Knicks were to trade for like a Dejounte Murray, mm-hmm. you could put Murray on Lillard. Yeah, they might guard that could help. And then my question is, how are they scoring? Well, we'll have to shoot, like, his insane range Their shots. defense <laughs> is atrocious. Uh-huh. It's horrible. And we knew this would be the issue when they traded away... Um, Holiday. Holiday. Drew Holiday. We knew that when they traded Drew Holiday away. Mm-hmm. But that's because why they brought it, a guy in that was a, a defensive assistant, though. Yeah, but the thing is, and that's why they thought Portis and those guys can clean it up. That can make up for the loss well, of yeah, Holiday. They and so they, 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 it's... Because Brooke Lopez is 30-something years old. He can't do anything anymore. I mean, it's their bench is so inept right now. They don't really have much of a bench. I mean, what are you going to – I don't even – their bench, it's not good. I mean, it's literally their team. And also, Middleton doesn't look the same since all the injuries that he's had. So my question is, is it just – it's Lillard and Giannis. And I don't know. Listen, I'll still put them in the top with – with in the, in the rankings. They'll still be a top regular season team. Yeah, 100%. Just, but let me ask you, in a seven-game series, does Boston beat them? Yes. Okay, in a seven-game series, does Philly beat them? Uh, Possibly. I, that one I'm still torn on because Embiid S- sometimes disappears. Seven-game yeah. series, does the Knicks beat them? I think so at this point. Yeah. Seven-game series, does Cleveland beat them? Uh, Probably not. So seven-game series, Miami. Miami, I think, was. So yeah. you would say, are they still tier one? Uh Probably because there's not a lot of good teams overall in the NBA. Who, just... if, if you had to rank your top five from least to best Eastern Conference teams? Uh, Celtics won. Okay. I would say uh, the Sixers and Knicks are tough because I think it's those two. I mean, the Knicks just went to Philly and just beat them by yeah. 45 points or whatever Yeah, and I think the Knicks have better depth, so I'll give them a slight edge on the Sixers. It's like 2A, 2B. And then I would, because Miami's still banged up, I would still say Milwaukee, then Miami, but just Miami owns them head-to-head, head, though, and then Cleveland. So you think the Knicks are two? I think right now. With OG changing everything. And yeah. Then, and, and then if they were to get, like, a DeJounte, what I said. Uh, Knicks yeah. when Robinson are healthy, keep in mind, are two. That, yeah, that, that, that's and, a and, 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 and here's the thing. So, I mean, small. look, I, I mean, look, I said this, I was, it was crazy, right? And, but it's actually not as crazy of a scenario that could happen by February 8th, which is the trade deadline. You get Mitch, Randall, who's playing the best ball he's playing. That's including his comeback player of the year season. OG, Brunson. If you trade Grimes and you trade, what, two first-round picks for Murray. So you put Murray in that starting lineup with those five. Then your bench is now DiVincenzo, 
Hornstein, Hart, Achua, Deuce, and I think you can honestly trade a second round pick for Brogdon. Is that not the best? That's almost as good as Boston, mm-hmm. if not better. Yeah, Boston has the advantage. With and also the coaching for the Knicks without uh, Tibbs would. Compl- you would think <laughs> Tibbs would completely pants Missoula. Yeah, in that series, you would think you just hope he doesn't get too stuck. No, but the thing is too is that you look at it in this perspective, right? We talk about the depth scoring. OG versus Tatum would be fantastic of a matchup in the playoffs. I would love that. But then this is why you need a guy like Murray. Because Murray can guard Lillard. Murray can guard Brown. That's the thing. And then you have guys like Brunson and Randall who can open the floor. And if Robinson comes back, Robinson could be on Porzingis. And then you have the bench. The Knicks, if they were to have like a Brogdon, a DiVincenzo, a Hornstein, a Hart, a Deuce, and a Chua, that's a better bench than what Boston has. That's the best bench in the NBA. Would you say? Yeah, it, it'll depend on the I mean, just Brogdon, DiVincenzo, Hornstein, and Hart alone. You got offense and you have defense coming off that bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because the Celtics' versatility has always been something that's helped them out because they have a lot of guys that are kind of positionless in a way where they could play anywhere. And I'm curious to see if the Knicks were to get those types of players. Oh, no, the Knicks would keep those guys in the position that they're in. Like, I think and they would have – it's easy because you would have Ananobi against Tatum. Like, that's simple. And then you could have – if they were to trade for Murray, right. you could have Murray guard Brown. So you 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 kind of take those two out. And then you have Robinson who can guard Porzingis on the inside. So you cancel that out. Yeah. The, the thing with the Celtics that's always hurt them too is the consistency of their offense in the playoffs if one of them gets taken out. if one of Usually it's Jalen Brown because Tatum's been a good playoff. Well, player. now you're going to have to – but here's the thing, though. If the Knicks were to get Murray – and I'm, these are all ifs, but how are you scoring with Robinson, OG, and Murray on the floor? How, well, are you, yeah, how, are you, how are you going to score? That's what it comes down to the coaching. Because you saw Miami, in theory, like the Knicks had some good individual matchups. And Miami, once they adjusted to it, the Knicks really had to find a way to, to just readjust. Yeah, but, yeah, but, this, yeah, but, this, yeah, but this Knicks team this year is way better than the team from last year. Way better I'm than not, the team I'm last not year. saying it's not. I'm just saying I have to warn Thibodeau for that kind no, of thing. No, but so. I'm saying no. Ananobi, Ananobi is literally... And Ananobi is, um, let's see, what is it? They're saying what? Is, they're saying breaking news. Kyle Sanahan said breaking news. Debo Samuel is off the injury report. We'll play Sunday. Okay. Okay. So Debo will play Sunday. Okay. Okay. So I mean, we got to take a break anyway because we got to get into our football stuff. But the point being is this: this Nick team, and it was so interesting. My brother and I get shot to him, and of course, my my dad always makes great points. But I'll give my brother a shot right here. My brother made a great point. He compared the Knicks getting OG to – Speedy, you might want to listen to this. This is important. I'm just responding to Jeff. He said, what? He said that uh, Knicks are better than the Celtics. I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, nobody is saying that the Knicks are better than the Celtics right now. Nobody is saying that. The Celtics are still better than the Knicks are. But we're saying what-ifs scenarios. And the coaching, the Knicks would have the better coach, you would think. My brother compared to OG playing on the Knicks like when Cespedes came to the Mets, where it's you get that guy and it flips a switch and everything goes on a run. Do you know what I mean? Okay, I'm not one that's based on small samples like that, but yeah, Spark could be something that could be similar. Yeah, but the thing is OG fits 
the team perfectly. Comp- yeah, it Barrett, seems like everyone likes Barrett him. is showing he was an anchor. Barrett is showing he did not fit the team or the system because Barrett needed the ball in his hands. The problem with Barrett is he's not a great shooter. So, therefore, if Barrett went through the crap that he did, now quickly is the loss. They got to replace quickly. Um, quickly is the one they got to replace. That's why a guy like Brogdon would be big for them off the bench. Yeah. But if they got a Murray, then it's almost like DiVincenzo is kind of replacing the quickly statistics. You would think, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of almost cancels itself out. But we'll see. When we come back, Speedy and I are going to get into the NFL playoffs. Championship Sunday, the coaching carousel. We have the breaking news. Debo Samuel is good to go for the game Sunday. How effective will he be? Does that change the line in the Detroit-San Francisco game? Speedy's going to, I'm sure, check that in a few minutes to see if there's any update from Vegas. We'll get back to that. And so, it's, and we will still do the year better than that. We are still going to do that tonight when we come back live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Game on! Game on! We're back! You're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg and Eric Bow And Speedy Petey! There you go, I added that in there for you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here for Game On Live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Josh Silverberg. Of course, Speedy P joining me tonight, Eric Bow out. For this week, uh, and uh, he will also be out February 9th, right before the Super Bowl show. I am working on, yes, I am working on getting everybody's favorite co-host, my father, Nelson Silverberg, to be back on the show right before that. So it'll be a Super Bowl preview show, and then there'll be some arguing about the Mets. No, it's the Mets. What is it to argue about the Mets? The Mets aren't doing anything this year. will find something. Oh, please, the Mets. Give me a break. The Mets, you know, right? Okay. And everything like that, of course, you know. But it's just so funny that, uh, you know. And by the way, as Speedy said, neither one of us said that the Celtics are worse than the Knicks. All we were doing is talking matchups. But you can't tell me that Ananobi and Tatum would be a phenomenal matchup against each other in a seven-game series. Mm-hmm. And if Robinson comes back, this you know, he would do against Porzingis. Right. That's, the I, that's, that's, a, and that's what I'm saying, though. It's a matter of if the Knicks were to get Murray, it's, does that cancel out Brown? I mean, Murray's – I think Murray can guard Brown. They need somebody big to guard Brown. Well, that's Murray, who's six foot five, yeah. you know, so – and he comes from the school of Greg Popovich of defense, so that helps and everything. Uh, but – Let's get to the coaching carousel. There's a lot of jobs that have been hired. And how about the, the shocking one? Raheem Morris, the new head coach. Not Bill Belichick, which is what Eric and I had a 30-minute conversation about a week ago. It was all but a foregone conclusion. We thought Belichick would be back. He's going to get his 14 wins over Don Shula. He's going to get it. He's going to change the Falcons around. And Raheem Morris comes out of left field and gets hired as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Did a great job as the Rams defensive coordinator this year. Um, Arthur Blank's 82 years old, though. I mean, it's a matter of, was it, did he get pressured by his front office to, to do the whole Morris hire because a lot of people did not want Belichick because maybe people were fearing that Belichick was going to completely take over the organization. Could it be because Belichick has it won since Tom Brady has left? And, oh, by the way, 
if you look at Bill Belichick's career win percentage without Tom Brady as the head coach, I believe it's actually lower than Todd Bowles, <laughs> which is really bad. Um, like, is, is that something that scared the front office people to Arthur Blank? So you wonder, was that a situation where they were just like, mm, nah, maybe not this time around? And it also sounds like it sounds like Vrabel's not going to get a head coaching job either, which no, is crazy. <laughs> which is crazy. And and Pete Carroll, the same thing. Pete Carroll led Geno Smith to the playoffs last year, and they almost were competitive this year. And it's, you know, it's it's wild. The coaching candidates for next season are going to be unbelievable next year. Don't worry, his QB coach got a job. Dave Canales to the Carolina Panthers. I, well, well, I actually like the Canales <laughs> I do too. I'm not. Yeah, Errol, did, Errol does not like it, but you and I are both, I think we talked about it. I, yeah, if, if they can get Bryce Young into an impact to work. Listen, he made Baker Mayfield have an unbelievable yeah. season, so I just. You, right, you just hope he could get the same on a young quarterback, but they have to try it because they have nothing else. Yeah, but well, you know what I'm saying? But, it, it, you know, it's interesting, and and it's interesting. You know, people say, you know, old coaches don't work, but the last couple of years, the old coach, other than McVay, has won. Andy Reid has won. Belichick won. Uh, Bruce Arians won. The older coach, um, you know, has won. And the reason why Mike Tomlin has been in Pittsburgh for so long is because they have a winning record every year, and the Roonies don't like to change coaches. The Roonies haven't fired a coach in fifteen years, more. They didn't fire Cower. They didn't fire Tomlin. They didn't fire what's his name right before that. Who was that coach before Cower? Um, what's the head coach? Was it Chuck Noll. Chuck Noll. Yeah. They didn't fire any of the last three. They don't fire coaches, but the old guard too. Like John Harbaugh's no you spring chicken. John John Harbaugh's pretty. John Harbaugh's pretty old. Pete Carroll's old. They've won Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? Gary Kubiak, old. I don't know when a young old coaches don't work. Bill Belichick's defense outsmarted Sean McVay's offense. Everybody talks about Brady, Brady, Brady. Belichick's defense won that Super Bowl for the Patriots. They only gave three points in yeah, that. That Super was Bowl. a bad matchup because the Patriots always do well against smaller wide receivers. But that's what I'm. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You know, the the, the point of it is, is this: we talk about the 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 old coach versus the young the the young kids, the young cats, as they say. The old coaches haven't bowed down to anybody yet. Like I said, Pete Carroll, Gary Kubiak, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh. Guys that are, I think, over the age of 40, right? How old's Harbaugh? He's going to be... No, he's definitely over 40. Harbaugh's got to be, what, in his 50s? Yeah. I mean, it's... He's got some gray hairs already. <laughs> Let me see. John Harbaugh. How old is John Harbaugh? Let's see. He's 61! He's 61 years old, John Harbaugh! So you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that the, you know, old coaches don't work. Old coaches absolutely work. It's the young and analytics data-driven people don't want to hear it from them anymore. That's the thing that people are not understanding. John Harbaugh is 61 years old. And he reads one in the 70s. Yeah. They're going for a Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, and you, you're gonna sit there. And you're gonna tell me that one of these guys cannot out. Um, like, how old is Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell He's is youngish. He's probably in his forties. Dan Campbell's forty-seven. That's still not that young. 
Shanahan's the younger one in this one. Yeah. So you're going to sit there and tell me that Andy Reid or John Harbaugh is not going to outcoach Kyle Shanahan or, or Dan Campbell in the Super Bowl? Kyle Shanahan almost got outcoached last week by Joe Barry. <laughs> and Joe, yeah, Joe Barry got fired a few weeks later. <laughs> well, that was not ideal. Doug Peterson outsmarted Bruce Staley in the playoffs last year. Well, that's not hard. I mean, that's, I'm just saying. I think saying. you can outcoach Brandon Staley. <laughs> Andy Reid outsmarted Mike McDaniel. Better. Steve Spagnola outsmarted Mike McDaniel two weeks ago. Yeah, Spagnuolo's been great for a while. And, and Spagnuolo, everyone's appreciating it because the offense isn't as and good. And Spagnuolo is how old? You know what I'm saying? How I, you know a young coach to me is is 45 and under. That's a young coach, to me, right? Maybe if you want to do 50. I mean, yeah, I I take it more in concepts than I do with uh, like coaching in coaching style more than I would with age because I would say a lot of those other like Andy Reid still has a lot of like modern concepts that were ahead of the times too. Yeah, so. but yeah, but even even still though, when Andy Reid was there, like Alex Smith was competitive. No, I know they made the playoffs all but one year. Yeah, so, so it's it's not like he doesn't understand what you know, right? And everybody's gonna say it's it's Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. But the truth of the matter is, Mahomes doesn't really have that much no. offense this year. No, Mahomes wouldn't have been that good that quickly if Andy Reid wasn't there. He probably no, would no. still be. If if Mahomes went to another, and I'm so sick of this. Everybody consistently tells me, "Oh my God, if, if the Bears were just drafted Mahomes to Trubisky, but but he wouldn't be the oh best quarterback in the NFL. Oh my God, he would be. I don't even know if he'd be good. Because the Bears don't know what they're doing. Oh, well, yes, they were held back by the great Matt Nagy. <laughs> Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. Who's <laughs> now coaching them this year? And God. The that's good. But I think the trend that is more getting looked at as being the negative is the retread of coaches that didn't coach for a while and then all of a sudden come back. Because, like, all these other veteran coaches, Andy Reid, got a job right away after he was fired from Philly. Bruce Arians, he took a year off with the heart condition, then went right back to Tampa because he had good connection with the GM. Like, those kinds of things work. It's more of, like, Raheem Morris, who didn't coach for a decade and had one good season in Tampa as a head coach at, uh, when they just missed the playoffs at 10-6 and six to your father's Green Bay Packers in a tiebreaker. Uh, I and... mean, but it, it, I find a coach, if they're 50 and under, that's fair. So I guess, what, Campbell's 47? So I yeah. guess that's fair. I would say Campbell is still a modern... Yeah. I would say coach. 50, but if you're 60 and over, you're an older coach. Fine. John Harbaugh is 61, but Andy Reid's in his 70s. Campbell is the exception to the rule, though. Like every other one that has, they've tried, teams have tried, hasn't worked. Look at the Jets, Adam Gase, like that didn't work. Oh retread. my god, yeah, Giants, exactly. Pat Shermer, that was a retread. That didn't work. No. Like that's the right now. Dan Campbell is the lone exception to the rule. At yeah, the I mean, and, and here's the thing: we're gonna find out what happens. You know. In the Super Bowl, one of the old, one of the older coaches is going to be against a younger coach, whether it's Campbell or Shanahan. It's a matter of, and it's going to be Reed. By the way, Andy Reed outcoached Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl. Andy Reed, Bill Belichick outcoached Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl when he was the offensive coordinator for Atlanta. And yes, Mahomes does with the refs, but we're not going to. We've talked about that plenty about the refs and Mahomes or anything like that. But going back to the whole coaches thing. You have Callahan going to the Titans. They're hoping he can fix Will Levis. Um, the Commanders, they're going to hire Ben Johnson for Detroit. That's another one. Uh, Bobby Slowick 
is he's not going to get a job either right now. Which yeah, I'm his sure was probably too sudden. That was probably why. Well, the thing is, I think C.J. Stroud is probably – he's thrilled and everything like that. Sure. So, you know, um, but that – you know, it's – you know, you're still going to have a lot of good coaches available for next year. So we'll see uh, everything like that. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, as far – you know, like I said, I don't – the Atlanta one shocked me. Yeah. That one surprised me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that hire. Um, you have a reason to feel negative. Yeah. I just think if you have a, a legend in your hands, I mean, Arthur Blank's 82 years old. What are you waiting for? Every yeah. time, and he always consistently tries to get a new, innovative, or creative coach. But Morris, Morris has, is not that. He's almost a retread because he's coached before with Tampa. Yes, no, he's a retread that hasn't coached in 11 years. That's what I'm saying. So I just, this hire made no sense. Yeah. Uh, The Carolina one, I kind of understand, although it's kind of weird because Rabel went for two interviews. I'm shocked they didn't hire um, and and everything like it is. So to me, I don't understand where that would go. I mean, Johnson's an innovative one. You're finally going to try to get something off of the Zach Taylor tree, see how that goes. Um, well, that's Callahan. Yeah, and I and I, now, that one was a weird one because like they mainly did it on the basis of I guess because they played well without Burrow. I just, uh, just... Yeah, I I just think teams have to stop hiring defensive coaches. I think that's that's the game is becoming more because you can hire. Look at what, um, look at what Miami tried to do. They had McDaniels, who's a very innovative offensive coach. He's a very good coach. Mm-hmm. And they try Fangio as the veteran coach. Leave him, leave him be with the defense and everything like that. You could hire a defensive coordinator, a veteran defensive coordinator. Like, I feel like you could hire a Rex Ryan who would take the job, and Rex would be a good defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Like, you right. could still do that. Which but, made the Falcons movie more polarizing. Yeah. Like, why would I, you not go after it? Yeah, and that's the thing. And I'm a Jeff fan. That's why I want the Jets to get rid of Salah. I just don't. I, I To me, it, being a defensive head coach, it doesn't work anymore. It, it, it doesn't. It's not the way the game is today. You've got to have an offensive, innovative type of offense. And then you get the veteran defensive coordinator. That's what you do. That's who you get. That's the goal here. Unless you're the Giants, and then you do that same combo, oh, and then yeah. you get everyone angry. And then you get, oh, well, I mean, now you have to wonder, was it Dave? But again, the Dolphins are going to do the same thing again. They're going to probably hire Brandon Staley as the, head, as the defensive coordinator, who is younger, but he was a good defensive. He was fine with the Rams. Yeah, like, he, he, could, yeah, he, could, coach, he could coach as a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of you could get the right person. Again, look at. I don't know. If Dan Quinn leaves, it wouldn't surprise me if McCarthy hired Martindale as the, as a defensive coordinator. Or yeah. I mean, look what Sirianni's going to hire Fangio as the defensive coordinator. Which is a weird fit. It, yeah, because the system is too completely different. Really different. Um, they haven't but, had a 3-4 defense since Chip Kelly was there. Yeah, and that doesn't make any sense because they just hired, what's his name, from Georgia last year. Um, hard, um, not hard. Oh, my God. What's his name? Um... Oh, was the, the, the defensive, defensive tackle cards. they hired? No, the defensive tackle they drafted in the. Oh, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is not a three-four guy. <laughs> so no. it's a lot of the guys are not three-four guys. They don't have. Yeah, probably outside of Nolan Smith. I Nolan Smith I, might I, strive I because I, of that. I, I that's don't, that's... Like, like, how is this going to affect a um, like um, oh my God, who's the the corner that got from uh, from Detroit? 
Slay. Slay. How is this going to affect Darius Slay? He doesn't Plus, do he got hurt. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Major they, injury. He might not have been playing well they, next year like, anyway. You've got to also get a guy that fits the system regards to um, what they're trying to do, you know, and everything. Get that veteran coordinator in here. Dable had it in Marndale. It was a great. Dable, yep. Dable pissed him off. I got to tell you. Green Bay is the team I think that should. I think Green Bay should hire Martindale. Yeah, Errol said the same thing. So. Oh my God! If that's the, as close to Dom Capers you're gonna get. And I think if even the better. Packers got Martindale with Lafleur running that offense, that team is winning that division next year. I think over Detroit. I do. I'm convinced because that Green Bay defense, Speedy, you could attest to this. Look at that talent that's on that Green Bay defensive that team. Yeah, they need it's a little more defensive end. Way too good than it should be. Yeah, a little more defensive end and corner depth. They got but... Van Ness. They should have been better. They Van Ness should have been better. Their interior defensive line's good. The Campbell's a good linebacker. Um, safety's a little iffy, but they can replace safeties in the draft pretty easily. But they got Savage. Savage is still Savage is fine. Savage is fine. He's, he's decent. I, I think they're weaker. With the interior defensive line outside of Clark, who's good, but they're three, four ends. Those two end spots, that's what I worry about a little more, and that's why the Packers were really bad against the run this year. And maybe a little more with the corner depth, because obviously trading Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, who was good his rookie year, not so good the last two years, we'll see, but they've had to rotate. I easily, well, they shouldn't have traded Douglas in the first place, because I don't think we may knew they were, I, I don't think, Kudin, of course. Kudakuse, they know they were going to be in the playoffs when they traded Douglas yeah. at the time. It's a natural well, trajectory. Uh, but it's, I think Martindale would be the perfect fit for Green Bay, because God, he would just close up everything for that defense. He would, because their defense is way too, especially that defensive line is way too bad. It's way too good to be this bad for the run. It is. And they yeah. drafted Van Ness the, and everything like that. It doesn't make sense. So, you know, I'm trying to think. Did we miss any coaching? Did I miss any of them? I think I got all of them. Did I? Canales. He did. Uh, I did Canales. I did Callahan. I did Harbaugh. Oh, I didn't even do Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers, which I said for weeks that was going to happen, and everything like that. It's it's a it's a great hire, fantastic hire. Um, I'm not even gonna tell you who my father thinks should be the defensive coordinator for Green Bay. Oh God. Do you want me to say it? Yes. Belichick. Okay, yeah. Bill Belichick's going to take a defensive coordinator job. It's not happening. Bill you Bel- would love that, but Green Bay would love that. But I'm just saying. But I'm wondering now, does Jim Harbaugh, you wonder now, does this change the perception for the Chargers? And the Char- does this bring Charger fans to L.A. more with Harbaugh <laughs> being here? You wonder, I'm serious. So double your fan base population. I mean, it could, because they're going to be great next year. You're, you're gonna, Justin Herbert's going to be a top five quarterback next year. Bar none with this. You realize that? You are whether this is what's going to happen now. And I know Speedy doesn't want to believe it because he hates the Chargers so much. But I just don't know if Speedy can now say that the Chargers are going to be bad anymore. And they're going to choke with Harbaugh as the head coach. Well, again, they are not. I never said they were, quote unquote, You said it for bad, years. Hold on, hold on. You, we, I never said they were a badly run organization. He's on my fans team, by the way. Got him in, the ninth, in an eighth round of fantasy. Nice. Eighth round. All Watch right. your soul. Disclaimer. I never said the Chargers were a badly run organization or a player development organization. They are cheap. Their Spanos have been cheap for years, and that's why they haven't got big name coaches in a while. All I said they was where they were the least clutch team in football, which is a trait that sometimes with this organization has come on with many coaches, which still could exist. And it's not Herbert's fault. Herbert's actually at his fourth quarter numbers are actually pretty good in his career. So it's actually not his fault. Mike Williams is actually good in the fourth quarter. Fine. 
I, that's the perception of it. That doesn't mean the process of hiring Jim Harbaugh was not the right decision. It's absolutely the right decision. Now, the questions will come more with who they bring in as a GM and well, try to gonna, fix That's going to be Harbaugh's decision. That's going to be a big key because fixing that salary cap is gonna, situation is going to be very hard. But they have a lot of pretty good players already in place. They so do. It's... Here's the problem. They have a lot of defensive contracts that haven't worked. Uh, yeah, I know. Mack and Brenna Bosa has been underwhelming. Now they got rid of J.C. Jackson. They, they're going to lose a couple linebackers to free agency. Kenneth well, they have a, a free they, agent. They're going to draft, what's his name, in the top ten, the defensive player that everybody's talking about, the lineman. Um, you're going to draft the defensive lineman? That's who everybody's been talking about in the mock draft. They've been putting him going to the Chargers. Which is interesting, yeah. I The problem is I think the Chargers... They need, I think the Chargers need as many defensive players as They possible. do. They do. And I think the Chargers, they have some stars, but they don't have a lot of depth. And Why I, does P.K. Subban look said, like a moron? I said, I said that last... What is he wearing? I said that last year, too, when the, Raider, uh, the Raiders... The Chargers had a lot of good stars, but they lacked depth in key areas, like edge rushing, like corners, and defensive... Uh, Safety a play was actually pretty good for them this year with some of the young kids that they've had, even with Derwin James. But the rest who's, of the team... Who's the mantra? Who did they say was going to be... Here, I'm going to look it up really quick. I'm trying to find a mantra here, here, that you had. Here, I'll, I'll just look at Tankathon really quick. So one of them has Malik Neighbors going... Uh, Layatu Latu, the edge from UCLA. Oh, the edge roster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You said him, I think him, you said interior, him okay. or Dallas Turner. Latu, I like a lot. Him yeah, or I can see that him, working. him or the or Turner from Alabama. I think Latu is a better pure pass rusher, and that would be a good fit for UCLA, like being a UCLA guy too. So I think I gotta tell you, a lot of guy that everybody's having fallen a draft right now is Fashanu from from Penn State. People are liking the kid from. Uh, Oregon State. Yeah, I like him too. I yeah. Which again, him, him, Alt, and um, the injury prone one at Georgia. The other one. No, not Mims. No, Mims is low on the list. He's lower. No, yeah, the yeah, injury, no, the no. injury risk. Yeah, it I would be. be so. Latham is another one, but a yeah. lot of people are starting to like. Ugh, I'm trying to. Who is it? People are saying right now who they would pick. Here, so, yeah, Fashanu. Oh, you figure that out. I'm just going to read. Snuck says that Kenny will be the GM of the Chargers. People like, people like Fuaga a lot. That's, I, who's, that's who's starting to rise. Yeah, I, I can see that where that kind of thing would work. <laughs> but Fashanu is falling because people do not like his 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 uh, rushing grade. It's like in the 60s, hmm. which is crazy because he was so good the year before. Yeah. Um, that's odd. Yeah, again, different, different systems could help for that. Jim Harbaugh obviously dug, did well with Michigan at with the running backs. I mean, you wondered, like, do the Jets draft an offensive lineman and just sign Bakhtiari and go do the two tackles? I hope he plays more than two games in a year. (laughs) I keep saying that. But let's get into it. Championship Sunday, Speedy. What is the over-unders? What are the spreads? This is going to be fun. Uh, I didn't want to recap the divisional games that much because I know it's like beating a dead horse at this point. But, uh, you know... I mean, I could I could touch on it for a second. I, I I picked the Chiefs to win. It's because one, I just can't believe, I can't believe yet that Allen can beat them. But it's also the referees, of course. But once Bass missed that field goal, that was just like, oh man, you know, that was brutal, and everything like that. And even if Bass hit that field goal to tie the game, they were they had so much time and two timeouts left, Kansas City. I don't think it mattered. So that was, to me, an issue right there. San Francisco. Boy, and I was tempted to pick Green Bay. I know. Man, they looked awful. The 49ers. Awful. And everything like that. 
You were uh, playing mind games to Kyle Shanahan to almost get outcoached by Jerry. Yeah, well, this is the problem with Shanahan still. And Purdy did not. This is the thing. You have one of the best running backs in football. How about you utilize against the, one of the worst rushing defenses in the league? How about you start having Purdy throw the ball 25 yards down the field every single play? How about use your tight end more? That is the best matchup against the Packers. But how about just run the football? It was so simple. The, the, the rain, the weather was awful. Purdy's got the ball in one hand and wiping his hands in the other, and he's taking the ball and throwing it. It was a mess. Uh, Baltimore ran away with that one in the second half. Lamar, that was an important game for Lamar because I was getting concerned with it. when it went to the tie game half at the half. I said, "Oh boy, is Lamar playoff Lamar again? Is this what we're doing again? If we're gonna play joke around this, that Tampa Detroit game was fun. That was a fun game. Although Todd Bowles should have called the timeout. By the way, it turned out he should have because Tampa would have had the ball with 30 seconds left. Yep. Yeah. Right, well, you know, I mean, you know, uh, well, I mean, it is what it is and everything of that nature. Arrow didn't like the Buffalo-Kansas City game. I just thought that was a fun game. That was a fun game. And then, of course, we have the games this week. Um, and, and everything of that nature. So, let's get into it, Speedy. What is the over-under and what is the spread? I believe the over-under for the Chiefs game was 51 and a half. No, it's the other way around. It's the, the NFC is 51 and a half. Oh, okay. What's AFC, the 44 and a half? AFC is 44 and a half, and the Ravens are favored by three and a half. Oh. Wasn't it like six or something earlier in the week? I didn't see that, but maybe. I mean, I'll trust you on that one. I wasn't looking the entire week. This is but, the- and by the way, Kansas City was a – Buffalo was a great game. To say that that was not a good game is bogus. That was a great game. Um, Errol probably just said that to piss off Wes. No, he said that because <laughs> he hates Mahomes. And it's listen, I understand yes, Mahomes. It's, it's annoying. It's it's annoying. I understand. At the same time, though, it's not like Allen did anybody any favors. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if Diggs wouldn't be such a douche and would have caught the football, they would have had the ball first to hit the 21 yard line. You know what I'm saying? That would have been helpful. But Stefan Diggs has a big mouth and doesn't know how to play football. All of a sudden. They should get rid of him, by the way. He cannot create separation anymore. Um, in regards to... So you said the over-under is 44.5, 3.5 spread. Oh, my God. Do I... I mean... It's almost like, do I have to... Do I call against Mahomes at this point? Now, it's crazy because they got Andrews back. Humphreys is going to play. Right, I think that's been confirmed. Marlon Humphrey's going to play. I think everybody practiced. They said all 53 practiced, Mm -hmm. so they're all back. It would be so crazy if Kansas City went in there and won this game. Um, I think... I did say the winner of the Green Bay-San Francisco game was winning the Super Bowl. I'm not so sure about San Francisco anymore after that. I got to retract that. That was terrible last week. God... I'm going to go with Baltimore in this game, and I'm not going to be happy. They'll cover. It will be covered. Baltimore will cover the spread. Uh, It was three and a half. They'll cover that. That's an easy cover. I I think Tucker will win it on a late field goal. 27-24, I think, will be the final. I think that – which would be the over, by the way. Um, Yeah. Right? I, I think Kansas City could cover this game. At three and a half. That's fair. That's fair. It's going to be a field goal game. Okay. So I'm going to go Baltimore. I if Lamar does it. Here's the thing. If Mahomes does it now, 
Allen can't beat him. Lamar can't beat him. Burrow couldn't beat him last year. Who's going to beat him? I don't know. I don't know. This is the chance to beat. This was the chance for Buffalo to do this. You're home, a weak Kansas City team, and you've still lost. It's a matter of all the reps in the back pocket of, of Kansas City. Now, this is the most key stat. The Chiefs are 4-1 against the Bills when Canarius Tony is either inactive or not on the team. He's 0-2 when they're involved. I'm going to say Baltimore, and I'm going to say Kansas City covers. Okay. And so, I think it's going to be the over, too. All right. So I, I, And I love it that's the 3.30 game, by the way. <laughs> I love that. And I love the times. The 3.30 and then what, 6 o'clock? 6.30, I think. So, so 3 and then 6.30? Yeah. I love it. Let's go. All right. So I like the over as well. I think this is actually going to be a high-scoring game because I, th- I like the matchup for Lamar to be able to run to counter the Chiefs' slot blitzes. Steve Spagnuolo does it a lot. Now, they move Jerry Sneed outside, uh, outside a lot more, too, to change it up with the corners. And some of their younger corners have actually played well amidst that. But I think Lamar running like he did against the Texans is going to be a big key. The other thing that concerns me with the Chiefs, too, is the injuries to the linebackers. You have Willie Gay, who's not 100%. He, he might be out for that game. You're going to have to trust a lot of youngsters. Nick Bolton just come back from injury. He's a good player, but he's also a smaller linebacker against two bigger tight ends. I think that concerns me because even with Andrews back, I think Isaiah Likely is still going to have a role Oh, I in this think Likely's been great. I mean, just getting yeah. Andrews back is a plus. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to use a lot of two tight end sets, and Zay Flowers is somebody that I think is going to be moved around against if if – Todd Munkin or Lamar Jackson read a slot corner blitz or a corner blitz, they'll move Zay Flowers to a different spot on the field, and I think he'll have a nice game too because of that. Lamar running I think will be nice. Now the Chiefs I think he'll still be able to move the ball. Here's the problem I worry about is Kyle Hamilton and Roquan Smith are both great in coverage this year going against Kelsey. I don't think Kelsey has the big game that Chiefs fans are going to need him to have. He'll get some big plays here and there, but I don't think he'll get the consistent target share. And are you going to get another second receiver to get going if Rasheed Rice is guarded by Marlon Humphrey. And that's where I don't know if the Chiefs will be able to get the consistent production there. And Pacheco, he'll have some big plays, but I think he'll be limited. And I think the Chiefs in the red zone will make it hard. So I'm going to take the Ravens in this game. I'm going to take them on the over. I'm going to say 31-23. And I'll have, Errol te- I'll have Eric text it as well, the picks and everything like that. Um, Niners-Lions. This is tough. Now, my mom says don't pick San Francisco. I mean, I don't know why. I picked them last week and they won. So, um, you know what's interesting is, and I usually would root for my mom's team. I would. I would. I 100% would. But there's just, I mean, it would be fascinating if Detroit, you know. Oh, my God, Blake Wheeler stinks. Holy crap. Um, it would be so fascinating if Detroit won and got to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't it be great for the city of Detroit for that, for for just that that organization that has just been just spewing nonsense and everything like that. Like, I, I'm kind of rooting for Detroit in this game because I just, you know, everybody in the country is rooting for Detroit except for the Bay Area, right? I think that's fair to say. Everybody, everybody's rooting for, everybody's rooting for the D- Detroit Lions that isn't a Packers fan, probably. <laughs> now, what is it? 51 and a half is the spread. Is the over under? The spread is, I think, seven, San and, a half seven and a half. Francisco. Whoa. Whoa. That's a big. That's big. So they're saying San Francisco will beat them by a touchdown, possibly plus. Um, this is the problem. With Debo back, 
The problem with the lines is that defense scares me. I just don't think they could go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And if the weather is better, which what's the weather going to be in? No, San it's going to be good. It's going to be clear. What is it? Clear and what? Yeah, it, it's uh, pretty like 50, 60, I think. That's probably. fine. Yeah, the fifty probably. So that's what I'm saying. And I and I, McCaffrey, now Debo's playing. Ayuk, Kittle, um, that's a very weak secondary for Detroit. That scares me. Baker Mayfield was picking them apart in Detroit. So was Stafford. Um, does everyone is that you you could say that that's fine. Um, the um, the Baker one concerned me because Tampa had a chance to win that game, right? I mean, Tampa had a legitimate chance to win that game at one point when they tied it late in the third. I was like, oh my god! I was like, can you imagine? And I said this was going to be a problem on the show last week. I said Detroit's going to be so hyped. From that game a week ago, it's so emotional against the Rams. They have to come back, and they have to bring him back. And you were like, Campbell's the guy. Campbell's the guy. They struggled in that game, Speedy. So this is going to be an, an, a tough one. I'm going to take the 49ers. I actually don't think Detroit's going to cover. I think I think San Fran will run away from this game. I think it could be over. I think they'll win by more than 10, maybe even 14. Possibly, I think it'll be close for the first half. Then, again, I think Debo is not going to be able to do what he normally does, like the whole hybrid and everything. But you know, you you, I would use more. Like I said, use McCaffrey, use Kittle, use IU, things like that. I think can be is what can be used. So I'm going to go with the Niners. I'm going to say it, it it will be the. I think it, it can be an 51 and a half. Oh, I'm going to say under. I do think under. I think this could be like a 27-14 kind of game. Where that's, again, 27-14, right? 47-48 for 9 50. 41. What is that? 41. That's 41, yeah. And what's the over under 51 and a half? Yeah, yeah right. so that's what I'm saying. You're I think way under. <laughs> I could be 27-17. I don't think it's going to get it more than that. 30-17 uh, maybe. I think it'll be close, but I just don't think it's going to be – Given the Niners, I think Detroit Detroit is still a player or two away on defense from being that team. But listen, they're here, right? They're in the NFC Championship game. That's a hell of a job by Campbell to get them here that quick. Given the Niners, given the under, I don't think Detroit covers the spread. I think it goes over. All right. I do think Detroit covers the spread. So you think it's going to be a tight game? I, th- I, I have it as a six-point game. Okay. I th- even though the Lions have given up a lot of passing yards, they have actually done well in the red zone. That was a big reason they beat the Rams. Otherwise, if the Rams are able to turn some of those field goals into touchdowns, the Rams win that game and the Lions aren't here right now. Maybe the Rams are here right now. Who knows? But nevertheless, they did the same thing with the Buccaneers, too, where they were stopping them once they crossed midfield. They sacked Baker Mayfield a couple times, get him out of field goal range, and they they stalled the Buccaneers in midfield that they weren't getting big play. So I think that's going to be the big key for the Lions to be able to shut down the 49ers red zone offense, which has had some issues this season in the past, and even in the past with finishing drives. And Kyle Shanahan, even though he's a great innovative offensive mind, sometimes can get too conservative in the red zone. And that's where I think the, the Lions will be able to keep this game close. I agree with you with the Lions offense. I think it'll be harder for them to move the ball, especially with the two offensive linemen that are really banged up right now. Uh, by the way, breaking news, by the way, Michigan, yeah. Sharon Moore is being hired as a new head coach at okay. Michigan. Okay, I was expected. Yeah, so there you go. So Michigan has their new head man. Yes. So the two offensive linemen, Ragnow, who's playing really hurt, and Jonah Jackson, both getting hurt against the Buccaneers, going up against Hargrave, 
and Armstead, I think it's going to be a difficult matchup. And Jared Goff, one of his biggest weaknesses has been struggling against interior pressure. He had that same issue with the Rams, and that's why, like you were talking about earlier with the Patriots, the Patriots really did well against them rattling up, up the middle. So I think the Niners will be able to do that effectively. I don't think Montgomery's going to have the effective game he had against the Rams either and against the Buccaneers in the second half. I think Gibbs could do well receiving-wise and maybe some outside running, but I don't think they'll be able to stretch the field. Now, St. Brown will get his. He's still so consistent. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to guard him. I like the matchup, actually, for either one of Josh Reynolds or Jamison Williams to have a nice game, but I, th- I don't know if they'll be, they'll be able to get the ball to Laporta as much because you got Warner, you got Greenlaw, and I think they'll be able to shadow him more. Now, Snug, I disagree with you. I don't think George Kittle is the good to be the guy in that game because the Lions over the middle of the field are actually pretty good, too, and it wouldn't surprise me if they use Kittle as a blocker a lot more against Aiden Hutchinson and that left side of the Lions defensive line because if there's any weakness with San Francisco... It's oh, good. The Rangers are going to be great tonight. <laughs> if there's any weakness with the Niners, it's the right side of their offensive line. By the so, way, my mom is 100% not having nachos. That is 100%. <laughs> she's definitely not having that. But I agree with you on Ayuk. I think Ayuk could be the one with the big game. I he think didn't do anything last week. I know, but I think this is the big good matchup for him. A really precise route runner. Has some good size. If they didn't make those tough catches, though, they don't win that game in the fourth quarter. And I think that'll end up helping. McCaffrey will get his. Debo Samuel, I think they'll they'll not use him as a decoy, but they'll move him around. I think they'll try to make it versatile. But he's not going to be the overly productive guy. So I am going to take the Niners in this game. I'm going to take the Lions to cover. I'm going to say San Francisco wins it 26-20. to 20. Okay, so you think it's going to be tight. I, I don't. I think it'll be tight in the halftime, and I think they'll pull away in the second half. I think it'll be one of those games that doesn't look statistically tight. That looks delicious. Like the Niners have a lot more yards. Speedy, that Taco Bell commercial. Oh, did you did you see that? Yeah, it's look called food that. arts. Oh my god, <laughs> food arts. I could. Sheesh. I'm on a diet now, so <laughs> unfortunately I can't eat that. I. Well, that's uh, you're gonna get mesmerized by that. Yeah, that's what I commercials know. are for. Well, you know, it's everything like that. I mean, it's just tough and everything. See, and then Snug brings up tacos. My mom, come on, guys. And of course, Snug has to throw cupcakes. <laughs> Okay, well, that is our football picks. I will get Eric's to you. Um, I went 4-0 last week. Speedy and Eric went 3-1. and So I think, what's the records now? So that means, so Eric was 5-1 and one the first week. He's not 5-1 and one so now. So that would make him 8-2. So you're 8-2 and two now. He's 8-2 and two then. And I'm, yeah, I'm further back. I would be 7. No, no, I'm 6 and. You're 6 and 4? Four. 6 and 4. Yeah. Oh, my God, Speedy. Yeah. Well, I was three and three the first week, yeah. I, I I was the only one that picked the Rams, and they didn't win. And I, I was the one that picked the Dolphins. And I. By the way, this is so behind. Because now Wheeler scored, and I this is so behind. And I hate this. Yes, it's called streaming. No. Who did they get? Who did they get? Ah, whatever. It's called streaming. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Oh no, I. I didn't lose the pack game. Who did I pick last week? I did not pick the Packers. Remember, I picked the 49ers. Yeah, you picked the 49ers. I picked the 49ers. Dad, I, I went, I picked, my picks last week were Chiefs, Packers, Lions, uh, Ravens. The week before, I was shrewd with the Packer pick. Yes, yes, you were. I was, that was, I banked on that. I kind of, I did the money line on that one. One nice, I won a nice few bucks. Yep, and got to laugh at Cowboys fans. Oh, it was be- and they didn't even fire the coach, which is even funnier. They didn't even fire McCarthy. Or Joe Barry got fired. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, they didn't even fire. Yeah. Joe Barry got fired. Wow, this is him actually by doing the way, pretty well st- in the playoffs. This stream is so behind right now because I'm like, I'm still the wheeler goes to hasn't happened yet. Now it will. 
<laughs> a rare Blake Wheeler goal. Well, you know, listen, that's what you get for paying 800k a year. What are you going to do? Uh, and now it's time to get to the You're Better Than That segment. Speedy, you know what that segment's all about. Pick something that we did not discuss that should people be better at in sports. Well, it looks like you'll be off the hook because Eric can't pick you this week. Yeah, well, he probably would have picked me again. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, my Better Than That, it's not even an, uh, it's it's you know, it, it, it's the fact that my You're Better Than That is this. It's Tony Romo. I mean, geez, he's talking about what was the call? What was the play that he was talking about with the Pittsburgh Steelers from back in the day? Um, the Holy Roller. Oh. And he got that completely wrong. I mean, geez, the Holy Roller. I mean, it's not even. It wasn't even close. So it's like Tony I don't Romo know. versus history. No, but then it's funny because Jim Nance, I'm sure, wanted to correct him and couldn't because he doesn't want to make him look like an idiot. And everything like that. But the truth of the matter is, is this. The, the, the problem is, is that when it... I'm tired of Romo. I'm tired of the, oh my God, Jim, it's, it's going to happen. He's going to do a pre-snap. Watch this. And he goes out. I mean, he's trying to be John Madden. You're not, dude. Stop. It was amazing. Listen, he was amazing his first year. He got every pre-snap play correct. It was incredible. Now it's just annoying. Yeah, and on the top of the fact that, you know, now you add on the fact that now you see, add the, now we're going to get, what, Romo this week, and we're going to get a bunch of Taylor Swift stuff? And I like Taylor Swift too, but I'm tired of this crap. Did you see, oh my god, the AI stuff? Oh, was on stuff Twitter? she's suing people for? Yeah, the stuff where they made her look like a pornographic oh, figure, that's, like with Chiefs yeah. fans. I was like, what is wrong with that's people? Terrible. What is wrong with people? Yeah, I, I saw that they were. she was suing. Oh, and she's going to win. She, she should, yeah. Like, as if she needs the money. As if her and Kelsey need the money. Okay. But to me, it's, it's Tony Romo. I mean, come on. Enough already. You're better than that, dude. Get your freaking history check. I wouldn't say something that if I don't know the history of it, I don't say it then. And everything of that nature. Speedy, what's yours? Yeah, I'm just going to simply go with uh, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs uh, with another disappointing playoff performance. Uh, 21 yards against the Chiefs. Oh, no, but he also dropped the biggest freaking pass of the damn game that would have possibly won them the game with seven minutes to go yeah. and had the first to have the 21-yard line. Mm-hmm. It would have brought momentum back to them. Uh, yeah. But he's complaining. They got to get rid of him. Yeah. He's done, by the way. I think he's so finished. This is the first time I've thought that way because... He doesn't separate anymore. Yeah, th- because the... The off-season stuff I thought was just a little bit more overblown than it actually was, but now switching offensive coordinators, too. He's averaged 41 yards a game since switching offensive coordinators, and he struggled in the playoffs. Because the they added the, added the run, they added the run, and Jared Cook became a stud, and they took away the pass. And now Davis is going to leave, too, as a free agent, because they're not going to be able to afford uh, him. They, they might have to bring him back. They I, can't. They're $50 million over the cap right now. How are they doing this? Money, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis will Gabe get Davis like four games for it. No Gabe catches. Davis, and I'm telling you this right now, Gabe Davis will get his money and everything of that nature. He will. Hey, he didn't have a great, he didn't have a great year. He had four games with zero catches. I mean, it's not ideal, but nevertheless, I think yeah, this is the first time you would consider going back to Diggs actually from a football perspective, also trading for him too or trading him because obviously you're not going to get a first round pick, but you're going to get got things that could help you. You need you're going to need some help on defense because of all the injuries and 
the cap space for the Bills, it's going to be very hard. But Stefan Diggs not speaking to the media, just like did whining, complaining, whatever he was doing. Then Sean McDermott saying, oh, he was a good teammate. Well, there's clearly signs that maybe he no, was as a past tense. I don't think he was as great of a teammate as we all made him out to be personally. I think he's a douchebag and his brother's a douchebag. And you know what? They both should be douchebags together in Dallas. It fits the narrative. So have at it, Jerry Jones. You're on the clock. Uh, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much to the fans for listening. Thank you, Speedy, for filling in for Eric. Of course, Eric will be back next week. Um, and we will get the crew back together. We're going to be in the studio more often. We love it. It's also on my way home from work, so I might as well. I mean, it's, you know, it's a matter like that. Um, so it was a good, it was a good, uh, year, year run of not having to hear Caleb or having to hear Caleb in the background. Well, you know, I mean, every now and then I might have to be at home every now and then, but you know, and everything like that, but right now it's 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 good because it's convenient and everything like that, and it makes it easier. And I wish we could start the show at six. If we could start at six going forward, which I don't think we, I get here, I usually get here by five thirty, five fifteen. I think Eric, um, you know, and everything like that. So that Snug, be, we've given you opportunities to come on the video, Snug, and you don't want to do it. Snug, if I asked you to, to guest host, you would not do it. Okay, and Jeff definitely wouldn't do it. No, Jeff will never come on the video. Jeff will never. We've tried for yeah, years. Jeff will never do it. The only one that will come on the video that's a huge fan is Carl. Yep. And Kenny. Yep. And, I mean, that would be a whole unique. And that is who Snug would guest host for. <laughs> that would be a unique. Snug would be guest hosting on the Kenny show. Oh, my God. It's, I love that show. I listen. That makes my Sunday so happy in the morning. <laughs> Early afternoon, I should say. It's not even in the morning. <laughs> Uh, but that's your show. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. You can check us out on WorldWideSportsRadio.com, Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, YouTube, Periscope, Spotify, Podbean, all smart speakers, Apple Podcasts, everything so much. Right? Don't forget to check out uh, the Sports Loudmouth every Wednesday and Thursday with, of course, Errol, Speedy Petey, and... Sean Smith. Sean former Smith, former NFL player, former linebacker, if I'm not mistaken. Defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. Okay, I was close. Former defensive tackle for, I believe, the Cincinnati Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Many teams. The Bengals, the Browns, the Saints. Yep. And and the Chiefs, which is the one he represents the most. Yep. So and all of that, he's going to be joining the show. And, of course, you can check out the Weekend Crunch on 103.9 FM right before Islanders games um, at 7 p.m. or after the Islanders games are over. And, of course, the Honor pregame, you can check that out as well. You can check out the Wise Guys. You can check out the Herd, the, the betting show, uh, the show with Kenny on Sundays at noon. Yes, I remember it's not. I give a plug to Kenny. All right, relax. <laughs> All right. And everything. We have a lot of great shows here at the network, um, that and so much more. But, Speedy, thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun as yes. always. Um, always fun with you and I hosting a show together. So it's great. We had fun. Tune in next Friday. We'll, we will preview. We'll do a little bit of a preview because Eric will not be here the week after. So we will do a little preview of the Super Bowl, of the matchups, and then we will get into it the following week. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to try to get my father to be the guest host. Come in, he'll obviously not come in. He'll do it from the computer, but he will do that. That will preview the Super Bowl, whoever's in it, um, and everything and so much more. Will Kyle Shanahan lose another big game? Will Lamar finally get to his big moment? Will, will Mahomes win another championship? Or will the Detroit Lions shock the world and get to a Super Bowl? Those are all the storylines that are going to be talked about. It's a matter of, will this happen? And the big one. Will your mother force your father to wear a 49ers jersey never on gonna, air? <laughs> never going to happen. 
will never happen. My dad will root for her team, but he will never wear the jersey. He won't. He he will not. Um, I still think the greatest jersey he had. I mean, he's got so many. He my dad buys so many legends jerseys. Like he's got so many of them. Um, he'll talk about that the following when he's on. I mean, I still think the best jersey is the one I bought him ever was the Bobby Orr Classic Boston Bruins jersey. Oh, nice. That's the greatest Very one nice. I ever bought him. I mean, for his birthday, hands down, that's the best one. Uh, he he'll say it's the. Um, Oh my God! Who's the pitcher that he bought? It was from, he was on the Cardinals. Legend. Um, Chris Carpenter. No, he's a legend. Legend. Not Bob Chris Gibson. Car- Bob Gibson. He's a Bob Gibson Cardinal jersey. Yes, he has a Mike Piazza Marlins jersey too. <laughs> God. Yes. Wow. Yeah, he has one of those. Um, and I clear it sale for three dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got he's got a Bob Gibson jersey, but I think the greatest one is still the Bobby Orr one. Oh, of course. The classic seventies jersey. With the black and the Obra is great. But thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful, amazing weekend. Enjoy the championships. If you are a fan of the Chiefs, a fan of the Ravens, a fan of the 49ers, a fan of the Lions, good luck this weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for Speedy Petey, for Eric Bell. I'm Josh Silverberg. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful and fantastic weekend. You've been listening to Game On Live right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.